Hello there and welcome to the second episode of Your Mama. I am your host, Sarah Evans. Of course, once again, you may hear baby sounds in the background because I record my podcast with my three-month-old in the background and usually my five-year-old is with his babysitter until kindergarten starts at the end of next month. This week, I'm excited to talk about a few things that are really important to me. I will tell you the calendar is filling up with interviews. We're going to have some amazing guests coming up and moms that I'm sure you will relate to in one or 100 ways, and I'll be able to promote those soon, but we're getting the calendar all figured out. One of the things I wanted to talk about this week is screen time. I feel like as the mom of one, I was pretty sure of myself and that I was always making sure I knew everything that was going on. I was limiting screen time. I was the picture of perfection with how much screen time my son got on the iPad and I would preach about it and talk about it. I was such an expert until baby number two. And let me tell you, I had a hyperemesis gravidarum, which is basically chronic puking for nine months, going to the hospital for fluids, all sorts of exciting things. And as I got sicker and sicker with this pregnancy, I feel like my son got more and more screen time. It was literally the only way I could get through the pregnancy. And I have talked to moms who are so ashamed, so shameful that they gave their kids more screen time when they were sick during pregnancy. And I was in that club too. I felt so bad. Well, I needed to stop the pity party because I honestly, I don't know how to contain a four, almost five-year-old from getting into trouble or danger without giving him something to do when I was immobile, barely able to move. For a while, I kept saying, I'm failing at life, and I'm failing at life for my five-year-old. He has way more screen time than anyone his age should have. But then I realized it's only for a short amount of time in the scheme of things. I've set really good boundaries and guidelines with him, and of course, I always set up security features and privacy features um, on any app he's playing, and he has... And he knows he can't download anything. Obviously, he does not know my password. Can't download anything without my permission. Um, And when you're home alone with one, two, three, four kids, sometimes that is your only out. It's your only way to get a shower. I have to put the baby in a swing sometimes and get him upstairs in my bedroom with the iPad so that he will stay there so I can take a shower knowing that both kids are safe, even if it's a three-minute shower. I crave it. I need it. I'm wondering if any of you have struggled with this. If you say, oh my God, I would be embarrassed if someone knew how much screen time my kid had today or this week or this month. And now that I'm feeling better and back on my feet, he's getting limited access again. But for a while there, I thought, man, I am screwing him up for life. But I'm sure back in the day when I was a kid, my parents had me do something that they thought for sure was screwing me up. And maybe it did. Who knows? But I can't. I had to forgive myself, go easy on myself and say, all right, this was just a moment in time. This is just how things had to be to cope, to get through. And hopefully not too much damage, right? So that's one of the things that I've noticed since bringing this this new baby into the world. And because I have a new baby and I'm up at all hours of the night nursing, um, waking her, I'm wondering what your balance is in the household with your partner, your spouse, your, your um, significant other of workload with the baby. Um, I always said because I'm nursing that I will just do all wake-ups, partially because I swear that my husband doesn't hear her. She starts to stir and I know what her stir means. Is she waking up? Is she gassy? Is she just looking for her hand to suck on her fingers to self-soothe her back asleep? I would wake up anyway, so I want to do it all. Call me crazy, but I 
I do it. And he's never had to intentionally be woken up for a, a bedtime routine. And even my pediatrician, who is the father of five children, was like, that's crazy. That's amazing. But then I've talked to other friends who do the same thing. It's more because I'm just type a psychotic about my baby and I just, I'm up anyway. So I do it, but I'm wondering what is the balance in your house? Um, or what you do? I I've got enough milk pump. Now I could in theory, ask my husband to give her a bottle, but then I think, well, then I'd need to get up and pump anyway. And why have both of us be tired when perhaps if it's a weekend day, he can allow me to take a nap or something. It seems to just work for us. It's never been an issue or an argument, but let me know what, how that goes in your house. And if you're not getting the balance that you want, what are some things you have heard from others or what can you do to get that balance without making your significant other crazy or just as sleep deprived, or maybe that you think they should be just as sleep deprived. Tell me, I want to know, use hashtag your mama podcast and let me know on Twitter. You can Snapchat me or on Instagram. So I, I think the iPad thing I can let go. The middle of the night thing is great. One of the things that I feel the most guilty about right now is our first baby, our dog. We are one of those families. We had two dogs and unfortunately one of them had to put down be put down um, the second week our new baby was born, which I'll probably have to do an episode about sometime because I don't feel like I've really gotten a chance to mourn her. She was more my dog, but this other dog is my husband's dog, even though she's our dog. She's a yellow lab and we call her Marley's goofy cousin. If you've ever read the book, Marley and Me, you know how troublesome that lab was? That is our lab. She's done everything from eating couch cushions. I remember one night she'd eat a couch cushion and the vet said, well, she's probably going to be pooping like pieces of fabric out of her. We were outside all night, like pulling couch fuzz out of her butt. I mean, honestly, this was insane. We've done so many things for this dog. She has eaten in some way, shape, or form, everything that's supposed to be poisonous to a dog and made it through, including two times having... Um, charcoal pumped into her stomach or something because she she doesn't we don't leave things around she's gone out of her way to get into things that should that are, are poisonous or not for her like digging holes in doors get, finding someone's bag behind a closed door that she used inertia to push open and then dug through it and opened up a tupperware I mean, these are not like we just left something on the counter and she's getting it of course we love this dog my husband is obsessed with this dog we love her but I feel bad that, that since we've had kids, I always say she's our first baby, but now she's on my SHIT list most of the time. She barks and wakes up the baby. My five-year-old's running around with the snack. She grabs it out of his hand. She gets excited and steps on our feet uh, when, when she's going to be in the way with the baby. We have all these routines built around this dog <laughs> because, I, I mean, we're just not good dog trainers. This dog gets so much love and attention, but she just isn't our first, she's not our baby anymore. And it's a loss. It's sad. And I've got a few friends who just had their first babies and their dogs have been their everything. And I kept thinking, although I never said it, like, you're going to feel this change. You're just going to. And I know they said like, I could have never imagined not having this love for my dog that I had, that I've had all along. And as soon as that baby comes along, they're like, oh no, I feel guilty. She's still my baby. And they do love the dogs, but something in you changes at least for, for me as a mother, this innate maternal need to protect my baby at all costs, even though our dog isn't, and he has never bit anyone. She's not vicious, but I would never leave a dog alone with my kids. And I'm always watching her. I'm, I'm paranoid because in my mind, I think she will jump up and try to snuggle the baby, which she very well could. So she's constantly prevented from, from getting to her. 
So her role in our family has changed and I feel like she knows it and it does make her depressed and she just waits for my husband to get home every day because maybe for him it hasn't changed as much. She is still just as much his baby. But from the mom perspective, it has changed intensely in me. Are you someone that has had a dog first or maybe gotten a dog later in life after kids? What is it going to go back for me? Because I've always had a pet, whether it's a cat or a dog. And I imagine once the kids are older and, and God forbid, when this dog has to be put down or passes away, like I can't have a pet for a while because I just need to give all my love and attention to the kids. And maybe when they're older, we'll, we'll get one again and I'll have that that same loving feeling for the dog, but I just can't believe how much it's changed since having kids. And so I talked a little bit about middle of the night feedings. So I do a lot of reading and random web searching in the middle of the night uh, during those readings. I read to stay awake because I never, ever, ever sleep with the baby. I am crazy about the ABC, that she's alone on her back in a crib or bassinet or pack and play. So I read in order to stay awake during the feeding so I can get her back down. And I'm always reading about new baby gadgets, the next latest thing, what's going to help her sleep better, What you know? what's going to make her a genius and get into Harvard at 10 years old. Well, one of these things in my mom's group, even, my, um, even some of my more stringent mom groups that are dedicated to sleep, and yes, these groups do exist, is this Baby Merlin's Magic Sleep Suit. I don't know if you have it or you've heard of it, but they kept talking about it. This this magic thing um, to help the baby transition in between swaddle and unswaddled time in the crib. Well, my girlfriend and I started looking up reviews on this on Amazon and started looking at pictures of it. And for some reason in the middle of the night, I think I woke up my husband. I was just laughing so hard because the babies look like flying squirrels. I'm sure it's an amazing product, but it looks like the babies can't move. They look like flying squirrels. I would be afraid to put my kid in this, but the reviews on it are phenomenal and all the mom groups totally love it. But it is one of the funniest baby products I have ever seen. And I make a list of these things. I get super crazy organized and I have Evernote folders dedicated to a lot of these things so I can go back and check them out after I get a recommendation. I I just, I can't imagine buying this and putting my kid in it, especially because she loves to like suck her fingers at night and it looks like you cannot do that at all. And, And speaking of baby stuff, and pardon my French, but how much crap does one little person need? After our first, I said, I'm never buying this much stuff again. We moved from Chicago to Las Vegas in between the time we had both our kids and we sold almost everything. And I thought this time around, I'm only buying what I need. But somehow three months later, I have the same amount of stuff. It is everywhere. And because we have an upstairs and a downstairs, I I bought like double of these, these things. And because we're in our, our thirties and it was our second kid, I think everyone assumed that we just had everything we needed who had gotten rid of everything and I wasn't going to be rude and, and ask for it. So we bought everything ourselves. Well, now I was, I was counting and looking at our arsenal and we've got three pack and plays, two of these things called docketots. I've got like four diaper bags. I've got a swing I borrowed from a neighbor. It just, there's stuff everywhere. And some of it, I really, I couldn't live without. Like we've got this thing called the halo bassinest, which is just a bassinet by our bed. And she loves it. She loves to sleep in it. And I've got two other girlfriends who have the same thing, which is why I bought it. And their kids hate it, wouldn't sleep in it. I mean, that's amazing. It worked for us. But our car seat is magical. I love it. It's this thing I found at a random baby boutique at Town Square, Las Vegas. And it's called the Duna car seat. And 
basically it's just the wheels are attached to it. The wheels pop up and under with one button. You never have to take the baby out. It's so easy if she's sleeping. I just pop the wheels back up and set it in the base. And I feel like coming off of a C-section and having another kid, it allowed me to get out of the house a lot easier. Uh, having a new kid, I, isolation is a huge thing, at least for me and a lot of the new moms I, I talk to being isolated in your home because it's so hard to get out. I mean, literally the routine of like, I fed the baby, I either nursed her, gave her a bottle. Now we have to get out before she pees, poops, throws up, or needs to eat again. Like you, you're you on a timer, you're on a clock to get out of the house. Well, I, it was so much easier this time around with this car seat because I literally didn't have to load up a stroller. And after C-section, um, and I'm assuming after a regular birth, you can't lift a certain amount of weight for several weeks. I couldn't even drive for two weeks after having the C-section. It just made life so much easier. I'm in no way endorsed by these products either, people. This is just my 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 truthful sharing of what we're actually using. And if this can make one mom's life easier, then my job is done. The price point of it is 500 bucks. And I did cringe like that. That's a lot of money to spend on a car seat. But then you look at car seats and strollers and different adapters you buy for things. And it can add up to that anyway, just buying a single system, a travel system, what they call it. This is just one and done. And it goes up to 35 pounds. I'm so happy that we bought it. And even my husband, who is cheaper than cheap and was like, we don't need another stroller. It thinks it's the best purchase that, that we made because we have, I have a stroller addiction, which if you get to know me, you'll, you'll see it's a, a real thing. I have strollers for every different need that could possibly happen, including a bassinet for walks that we do because I just thought that's what we needed. A double stroller for both kids, an umbrella stroller, totally unnecessary to have all these things, but somehow I ended up with them again. Well, this week I wanted to just be (laughs) quick and dirty about some of the things that I've been going through with my newborn and my five-year-old. One of the major milestones, in addition to my daughter sleeping a, a little bit more at a time, was my son used his first swear word. Um, I don't have a huge potty mouth. My husband, uh, I mean, I'd put him at like the 50 to 70th, 70th percentile range if there is such a range, which I'm just making up, but he finally said it. Um, he's going to be five on August 10th and he was singing a song to me. I guess I'm going to have to put some kind of rating on the show because I've used a few inappropriates on this show alone, but this might be the only one I do that on. Who knows? Maybe we'll get some potty mouth guests on here soon. But he was singing a song and he said, and I'll kick you in the nuts. And I looked at him and I was like, did you just say that? And he said, what? I said, well, honey, that's, did, did you know nuts is a bad word? Do you, do you know what that means? And he had like this really shameful look on his face and he said, well, does it mean penis? I said, well, it's about that area. It kind of means that. I said, but it, that's not a word that we actually use. Um, did you know that? And he said, well, not really. I said, well, listen, you're not in trouble this first time, okay? I said, you can try out words with me, test them out. You know, if you hear something, ask me about it always. But I'll tell you if it's an inappropriate word or a bad word for something that we just, we shouldn't use or if it's a word you hear grown-ups use. I said, but if I hear it again, then you're going to be in trouble because it's not a word that we used to refer to those body parts. And he looked completely <laughs> deflated because he had like heard this new word, but he wouldn't tell me where he heard it. And all my friends are saying, well, did you hear from your husband? And I, you know, asked my husband about it. And he's like, no, I don't I haven't even, I don't even use that. So I don't know how he would hear that. So that's the mystery I'm trying to solve right now. But for some reason, he doesn't want to tell me where he heard it. So I'm assuming it's maybe from one of his friends and he's worried that the friend will get in trouble. But that was my first experience with 
a potty word, like a real one for my son. So I've got to, got to stay on this as he's entering kindergarten because I'm sure it's the first of many. Um, one of the other things that I have found because I'm nursing this new baby is that my son is fascinated with this process of nursing. And some people told me, like, be prepared to see him either nursing a, one of his stuffed animals or a baby, which he's done, or trying out your breast pump, which he has not done. But one of the things he did ask was to try out my milk. No, I did not, you know, feed him from me, but I said, sure, you know, I'll put some in a cup from you. He takes a drink of it and he looks at me and he makes the, he's trying not to make a disgusted face. He goes, mmm, but he, I could tell he hated it. And I was like, okay, is it good? He said, well, it tastes like seaweed. And I knew he hated it and he has not asked about it since. So I think it like took the mystery away and he doesn't think the baby's getting something extra special. He's like, the baby drinks seaweed water and I will eat some chocolate. So I win, you know, baby zero, me one. Even though he's a loving, great big brother, I'm sure he keeps Tally in his head knowing this kid. (laughs) I have to tell you one of my struggles from this past week. When someone wants to meet, even if it's for a business lunch, it's like my whole day is planned around trying to get out of the house. And some days I just can't do it. And today I was supposed to be meeting with a friend who I've not seen in a really long time. And we were going to go to a nice restaurant in a, a cute area around here. And I thought I'll get the baby dressed and Cash will be with his babysitter and we'll, you know, make a, an hour lunch break out of this. Well, I couldn't get out of the house. I was working. I lost track of time. The baby was taking a later nap than usual. If she was going to wake up, I was going to have to feed her. And then, I mean, I had to shower and like put on some real clothes. And I finally just texted her and I was like, real life, this is for real. I I can't get ready. I can't get to the house. Will you come here and I will order you lunch? And she was kind enough that she did. And I'm sure that was not what she wanted to be around. You know, an rambunctious five-year-old with his babysitter, my crazy dog, our baby. And then, you know, I only had an hour because I had to get back to work and she, her, her children are grown. Um, she doesn't have this type of structure anymore, but I was very thankful she could come here. Uh, it meant a lot to me, but some days I just have to say like, I, I can't do it. I can't get out of the house on time. Um, especially if it means compromising or making everybody crazy and upset, or if it's going to make the baby nuts and crying, cause then that really gets to me as well. So I I made the choice. I'm happy I did. And we ended up having a really good time, which is great. And uh, on an upcoming episode, I'm going to talk about eating. I'm I'm not trying to quickly lose baby weight, but I am trying to get back um, as fast as, as healthily possible. So I'm eating pretty much paleo and getting in two workouts a week, but it's been a struggle. I mean, some days I just want to binge eat on carbs and I've gone about six weeks now without it. And Some days it's just so hard. And I would have never done this with my first baby. I mean, I was eating everything under the sun. I didn't care. For some reason with this one, with my, with this baby, I'm like, I can do it. I can get back in shape too. So, you know, I've started my workouts eating paleo, but it is not easy. And you've got to eat extra calories when you're nursing. Plus, if you're working out, there's more calories on top of that. So I'm trying to do it in a healthy way, but I get so structured about things and I have to log my food for my trainer because yes, I did hire a trainer. Um, that is my, my splurge right now. And I'm holding myself accountable and I, 
it's it's just sometimes it's just a hot mess. So we'll talk about that in a few uh, upcoming episodes. Thank you for listening to my ramblings today on Your Mama Podcast. I really appreciate it. You can follow me on Twitter at pr Sarah Evans with an H, on Instagram Sarah Evans, or on Snapchat, which I'm completely addicted to. Sarah's Faves F A V E S. Contact me on any of those channels, and I will gladly get back to you. And we've got some amazing guests coming up in in the next few weeks. I can't wait for you to hear some different perspectives from other moms. And if you want to be a guest on the show, you can email me at prsarahevans at gmail.com. Once again, thank you so much for listening, whether you're on the road, in the bathroom, or wherever you get a few moments to, uh, to yourself. Instead of just being mom all the time, I appreciate it. Look forward to hearing and seeing from you all, and I will see you next week. Thank you.